Welcome to the Piece of Cake Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Brienne. And we're here to make your wedding planning a piece piece of cake. cake. Who are we? Just a couple of best friends who are passionate about weddings and all the little details along the way. We've been brides and bridesmaids, day of coordinators, and party planners. We're accountants by day. And wedding enthusiasts by night. We'll use our experience and attention to detail to help you plan your special day. We know this is a really exciting time in your life, but the logistics can be stressful. That's where we come in. Tune in with us every week and your wedding will be a a piece piece of cake. cake. Hi friends. Today we're going to talk all about the guest list. Yeah, this is obviously a super important part of wedding planning and can be really fun and also really challenging to put together. (laughs) So we have an episode all about it to help you out. (laughs) So when you're starting to consider your guest list, there are two really important things you have to think about, and that is your venue and your budget. So your venue can be a limiting factor because there might be a cap on how many people it allows. And sometimes there's a cap on literally how many people allow, but sometimes there's also just a comfort factor. And maybe there's a cap on 300 people, but really maybe 250 is more comfortable to have in the space Mm -hmm. or in the space you want to use. And maybe they can fit 300, but the space that they put the people in is not the best. So Mm -hmm. consider those factors too. And like standing room versus sitting room. Yes. (laughs) So think about the actual capacity and what you're comfortable with. Yep. And then there's the budget. And that's going to be really important because more people is more money. Yes. So know the cost per head. This is especially mostly related to food, Mm -hmm. catering costs. Mm -hmm. And so basically these two things, you can go about it two ways. If you have a very set budget that you need to stick to, Make sure you know that ahead of time and set your number based on that budget. So say like you have a budget and you can fit 100 people, then you know exactly how many people you need to have on your guest list. Or vice versa, if you're thinking we have about 300 people we need to invite to our wedding, then you'll need to shape your budget to fit that and work with that number. Yep. And find a venue that'll fit that many. Yes. So on the note of number of people... That's really important to figure out, obviously, and we have some general ideas and guidelines on that. Um, So just for funsies, we looked up the average number of people at weddings in the U.S., and per bustle.com, it was about 120 people. And for your reference on our own weddings, (laughs) I invited about 220 people, and 140 actually came to the wedding. And very similarly, I invited about 230 and about 150 came to the wedding. So that's about 65% of the people that we invited that actually came to the wedding. Mm -hmm. We also looked up some guidance online for this, and it says you can expect about 10 to 20% of the people you invited not to come. So in reality, we've actually seen a little bit higher than that. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's really important to know when trying to estimate this is how many people are coming from out of town versus how many people live locally. Yeah, that's a huge factor. 
So we found a little bit more of a breakdown that estimated that 85% of local guests attend, but only 55% of -of out-of-town guests do. So that can really make your number vary and have more or less people coming depending on where your wedding is. And then even further, if you have a destination wedding that nobody lives by, you can expect even less attendance. So when you're getting ready to start creating your guest list, you have to consider who is going to be on that list and who would be coming to your wedding. And so we kind of broke it down into different categories of people to think through. Obviously, when you're starting out, you've got your bridal party that will probably be there (laughs) and your immediate family. So you should start your list with that. Yep. And then you can move forward to your extended family. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, friends. Yep. And obviously, you have a couple levels and groups of friends, Mm -hmm. maybe like your college friends or Mm. high school friends if you're going back further. Yep. Friends you've made in your adult life at gym. I don't know. Childhood friends. People make friends. Yep. (laughs) Church friends. Yes. And then go to work people, colleagues. And in this group, we kind of have some caveats with this. So it's kind of tricky to know like where to draw the line if you should invite anyone from work or just not invite anyone from work. But it can kind of be a tricky situation. Mm -hmm. And our advice on this is if you do have someone at work that you are friends with outside of work, then they're fair game. Go ahead and invite them. Right. Like maybe your friendship stemmed from work, but now you're texting outside of work, hanging out, that kind of thing. That's obviously you would want to invite them. Yep. But if you are going to invite someone on your team or a few people from your team, then you need to invite your whole group, your whole team. Yeah. So don't weirdly invite like three of your team members and not the other three. It's almost like invite no one or everyone and don't be awkwardly in between. And if you do need to pick a few choice people or one important person, just don't talk about it too much at work. Yeah. You don't want to make things awkward. Yep. And that's kind of even like with that friend, if your friend's outside of work, again, just try not to talk about it a lot in the office just to kind of avoid that at work. Definitely. Avoid the awkward situations as much as possible. Okay, so extending the list even further, then there's your parents' friends. And this is where it gets a little dicey on who you should be inviting, definitely. One thing to keep in mind here is who is paying for the wedding. Obviously, if people are contributing to your wedding, then they're going to have a say in the guest list. And you do need to honor that, especially if your parents are covering the catering and want to cover the catering for their 10 friends, then, I mean, okay, you should probably respect that. If people are not contributing and you are paying for your own wedding, then don't let their opinions persuade you. If they're not going to chip in for their neighbor, Bob, you don't have to invite their neighbor, Bob. If you feel like you want to be nice and invite Bob, that's fine. That's cool. But yeah, don't feel obligated if you're on a set budget to invite all of your parents' friends. Yep. Another thing to keep in mind when thinking about who to invite is who invited you to their wedding, especially if it was relatively recent. We want to make it clear that it is not an obligation. If you are invited to someone else's wedding, it does not mean you need to invite them to yours. 
but it can be a helpful thing to think about when making your list and to guide some of your decisions. Yep. And then the last category is children. And this one can get a little touchy. <laughs> and our opinion on this is, again, kind of an all or nothing deal. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to allow children to, at your wedding, then you should allow everyone's children. There's a couple exceptions I'll go into in a second. Or if you're going to have no children at your wedding, which is a relatively popular option where people have kid-free weddings, then you need to have no kids and you need to make it very clear on your wedding website or your invitations, all of the above really, to make it <laughs> very clear that kids are not invited, but in a tasteful way. Yes. The few exceptions are, for example, at our wedding, we had a kid-free wedding. However, one of our groom's women and one other guest had newborn babies that were less than a month old and so both <laughs> of them were allowed at the wedding that was our one exception and also if you're a couple that already has a kid yourself then obviously your own kid could be at the wedding <laughs> that's fully understandable we have also been to wedding where they wanted to have a flower girl or mm -hmm. a ring bearer at the ceremony we went to one where they had the flower girls for the ceremony, but then they sent them home and they didn't stay for the reception. So that was a really good option to mm -hmm. not have really kids at the wedding, but they still had them for the pictures and all of the kind of fun ceremonial aspects. Mm -hmm. Or even if the kids ended up staying for the reception, I think that would still be an okay exception. Because they were in the because wedding. Because they were in the <laughs> wedding, kind of special VIP kids. Yeah. But again, you can't really draw a line where it's okay for like half your family to bring their kids or a couple of your friends to bring their kids and not others. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to draw that line if you make it too fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to our stationary episode, we describe how you can say no children in a good way on your invitations. But basically, it's really important to make it clear, address your invitations only to the people you're inviting and on your wedding website and on your invitation, make it clear that your venue is limited and you don't have space for kids, that sort of thing. And Emily, that's good advice in general for anyone you're inviting or not inviting, just making it really clear on your invitations who is invited. Yeah. So we did talk through this a little bit in stationary, but one thing I did that was really helpful was on my RSVP cards. I said, number of guests invited, and I filled out that number, said you only get two people or whatever the case was, and then I had number of guests attending, and that was for them to fill out. So it would be very obvious to a family with four children if only two were invited. Hopefully, no one's going <laughs> to write in six right. when it says two. So hopefully that helps. So you have all these ideas of who you might invite and your number and your budget, and now you're sitting down with your fiance and going to actually make the list. We have some tips on how you might go about that process. So our recommendation is that you start with your dream list. Write down everyone you could possibly ever want at your wedding <laughs> and then pare it down from there if you need to based on your budget. Yeah, I mean, maybe you get lucky and you draft up this list and it happens to work with your budget and your venue. 
Yep. You can turn off this episode <laughs> now and You're good that's to go. Awesome. <laughs> but you may need to start cutting people and it certainly gets really tough and you're going to have some tough conversations and maybe some awkward situations. But I think one thing that can be helpful is to make some paring down rules. So maybe it's if you haven't talked to this person in the past year, you're not inviting them. Yeah. We had some conversations like that when my husband, Ethan and I were making our list. We were going through like all of our college friends and he listed off a ton of people. And I'm like, um, I have never met half of these people <laughs> and I'm not sure you, I've even heard you mention a couple of them. So once we were going back through and trying to pare down the list, I was like, do we really need to invite all of yeah. these? Because if I haven't met them in the four years we've been dating and I also haven't mm-hmm. heard a lot about them. Is it really that important that they're at our wedding? And then he's like, oh, yeah, that's probably true. So We certainly had the I've never met them conversation, but it was about parents, friends. Yeah. So, again, so it's, like, that... it's not always key that you have met them. There was a few that we still invited that I hadn't met because mm-hmm. they lived across the country. But it's just it's a good starting point on a few yeah. of those. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Another thing you can use that we touched on earlier is the who invited you to their wedding thing. So if you're on the fence about some people, but they got married recently and didn't invite you guys, then maybe that's an easy one you can cross off and not feel obligated to keep on the list. There are a ton of fun flow charts online that will help walk you through this process. It's like, are they family? Are they a friend? When is the last time you spoke to them? Were you at their wedding? Have you seen them recently, etc. And then it'll kind of walk you through if you want a hard and fast detailed rule because sometimes these are really tough judgment calls. Yeah. One other really helpful tip is that you can have an A-list and a B-list for your guest list. And basically, everyone you know for sure you want to invite, put on your A-list. This is everyone you're going to for sure send a save the date to and follow up with an invitation. They're for sure invited. Mm -hmm. But if there's anyone that you wanted to invite but can't quite fit them on your for sure list, just keep them on there but put them on the B-list and do not send them a save the date right away. Mm -hmm. And then as you get... RSVPs back or people even before RSVPs come back if anyone says you know I'm not gonna be able to make it from your A-list then you could start plugging in some of those B-list people to fill in the gaps. The important thing about this is that once you send out save the dates you can't turn back. Anyone you send save the date to you have to send an invitation to. Yes. (laughs) And this might sound a little harsh, having people you care about on the B list. (laughs) It's really not, and it's a pretty normal process that people do. Those outside of the wedding planning realm don't need to know you're doing this. Hush, hush. Nobody knows what list they're on, but it's a helpful tool for you guys internally to be able to make those decisions. One example I have of using this is for some professors and teachers, people that made really huge impacts on my life that I would love to have at my wedding, but also people that maybe I wasn't super close with in my personal life. So I was kind of on the fence of where to draw the line. So I kept them on my B list. And once I got some no RSVPs, then I sent out invites to them. And I think that worked really well and was a good way to manage. Yeah. The one thing too to remember though is there is a certain point where you can't send out B-list invitations like mm. it's too close to the wedding. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make it seem like people are 
a last minute decision. Yes. So just keep that in mind too. Yes, like exactly. Don't send an invitation to someone two weeks before your wedding no. or one week before your wedding. This so. is a behind the scenes, seamless planning tool you can use that nobody yeah. needs to know about. We won't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, this is going to be fun, like Emily said, but also it's going to be tough. You're going to have to make tough decisions with your spouse and with your family And you might have to have some tough and awkward conversations. Emily and I were just talking about earlier how we've both been in situations where people have assumed that they were invited to our weddings, but we weren't necessarily inviting them. And that can be really awkward. Our best advice on that is to have a response ready because you know the situation is going to happen. Yeah, so for example, if you're not inviting someone, but you're going to have a smaller wedding, or if it's you're only inviting guests that are closer in town or Mm -hmm. something like that, just make sure you have that answer ready so you can let them know. And it's better to, even if it's an awkward situation, better to just have that awkward conversation up front than try to avoid it or ignore the person or anything Mm -hmm. and kind of make it a bigger problem that might fester longer. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like people should respect it if you're saying we're only having a small wedding or we can only have a certain number that fits in our budget. People will understand that more than just being hurt and confused when they don't know why they're not invited to your wedding. Yeah. And on that lovely note, (laughs) we wish you the best in planning your guest list. And we will wrap this up with the three key ingredients that will make your guest list. A piece of cake. Number one, consider your venue and your budget when you're figuring out the number of people you can invite. Number two, decide whether your dream guest list or your dream guest count is more important. And number three, start with your dream list and then pare it down as needed. If you enjoyed listening to us and feel like you actually got some good takeaways and tangible tips for your wedding planning, please, please, please go rate us, review us, share us with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at pieceofcake.planning or you can email us at pieceofcakepodcast at outlook.com. So tune in with us each week and your wedding planning will be a piece piece of cake. cake.